Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and this is episode 84, and this is going to be our season five opener. And today, we're going to be sharing what's been on our hearts and minds as we wrestle through this new year and as we jump into all the topics that we're going to be talking about. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. And it was good to take a couple months break, but it's also great to be back. And it's good to continue this conversation as we talk about what does it mean to continue to be faithful to God in serving as his church and to be on his mission in the Canadian Asian context. And so we thought we'd be doing something a little bit different as we open up this season in particular. And we're going to be sharing what's been on our hearts, what's been on our minds, what have we been wrestling through as we enter this new year. It is currently the end of February as we were recording this, and there's been so many things that has come up over the last couple of years and as we start this new year, and we're going to have a chance to share that as a way to start the conversation and as a way to tease off some of our episodes that we'll be doing this year. As always, Shu, Xenia, and Bernard are here. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. Pretty good. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be with the three of you guys. And we're going to be just jumping right into this conversation. So what are we going to start with is that each of us are going to share a couple things, a few things that have really been something we've been wrestling with. Topics that have been on our mind as we've unpacked, as we've worked through them ourselves, and as we've done this as part of our church and communities as well. And I'm going to start off. For me, I think starting this year, there's been definitely a few things that are continuing from the past year. And as I kind of consider what does 2022 look like? And I know there was always this joke, you know, 2022, it was kind of like 2022, like kind of like repeat of 2020. But, you know, I'm more hopeful. I'm more optimistic that, you know, that this year will lead into something different. And I think this is where the, the first thing I want to share is, where is 2022 going to take us? It seems like things are starting to wind down with the pandemic, and we'll see what happens with that. But I'm really still thinking about, as churches, as those who follow Christ, what did we learn from the pandemic? What did God reveal to us? How did we grow closer to Christ? How were we shaped to continue to be on mission and to be a community that equips others for ministry and as, as, as a community that builds one another up? And that's one of the things that I think has been really constantly on my heart over the last couple of years, especially coming into 2022, as things are looking like they're going in a certain direction. We have vaccine passports being phased out soon. Mass might be phased out soon. As churches, are we going to just try to reclaim what we had before and to just go back to that? Or were certain things that had happened over the last couple of years going to shape us differently? Are things going to be different in the way we approach being the church, engaging our communities, 
the way we think about life and, and, and community itself. So that's one thing in particular. What did we learn from the pandemic? How is God revealing himself? And were we attentive? Are, is there something that the Holy Spirit is doing to change us and to shape us? And, and are we going to be the same or are we going to be different? So that in particular is one thing. I think another thing in starting off this year, and if you have been following along with what's been happening in the Canadian news, of course, there was a protest that was going on. And so how does the church engage in, in these kind of conversations? How do we create space to understand hearing from different perspectives, Christians and churches that are supportive of the protest and those who were not supportive, and the different ways those arguments have gone. And so for me, I've continually been thinking about that and recording now at the end of February with everything happening around the world too, with possible conflict going on and where that can go. Once again, reconsidering as a church, who are we called to be as peacemakers in the world? How do we advocate for things how do we wrestle through what does this mean for us? And, you know, how do we understand our place in the world and what God desires for us? So that would be kind of the second thing as we kind of look at the things that are happening in the world and, and what does this mean? And I think the last thing that I wanted to share a little bit about was as we start up this conversation again, as we consider where the Canadian-Asian conversation is moving towards, what are some of the things that over the last few years and heading into this year that has changed? I know we've been doing this podcast for four years. We're in season five right now. What are some of the things that have changed and shifted since we first started that are no longer perhaps things that we're wrestling through because we've seen changes? What are some of the new things on the horizon? What are some of the ways that we continue to engage and where does this conversation go from here? Where has the conversation shifted? Where do we need to be leaning more into? And as we continue this, what do we need to be more aware of? And who do we need to continue to learn from and listen to? And so those are the three things in particular for me as we start off this new year, considering all that's been happening and considering where this podcast and conversation can go. Well, for me, some things I've been thinking about is similarly, how is the church going to be like in this time? And you guys all know me, I'm a bit more pessimistic. I think things are probably worse and things are probably a bit more segregated, <laughs> I think, amongst people. I think there's going to be more obstacles. And I'm wondering what would that look like in terms of like, there's like, of course, I think there's newer opportunities to engage, but there's also, at least in my context, I think... A lot of people probably hunkered down and not as engaging others, and they just want to create maybe a protective bubble amongst themselves. So it's like, is there a need to, you know, walk with people in this time to show them and discern, well, what is God doing and how can we be inv invited and involved in what he's called us to be a part of? And that's a little harder, I think, when people become a bit more insular or like they, like there are some people I will say, like they have not joined our church community, whether it was online or even when we came back in person for the past while. So it's just, maybe they've still connected maybe through small, a small group or so, of something that degree. So I think that's something that I feel like is, is something I'm wrestling with as a pastor. Other things is also that there is such now, I don't want to use just the term antagonism. We love to use that, right? There is antagonisms going on, 
But there is such a widespread difference of perspectives out there now. And it's just showing how much just divided our, our opinions are without kind of people who are those peacemakers, who are able to be the ones who stand in the gap, who can uh, communicate to people on, uh, who may have differing opinions on certain things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that. And then I think one thing we're going to do an episode on, I think maybe the next episode is, is on deconstruction. I think there is like space where people are thinking about their faith and, and what is it like, and it's not that people haven't been deconstructing in the past, but now it's this, you know, it's, it's so in vogue now. It's so like people like it's, it's cool. It's a badge of honor, you know, kind of thing now. So what does that mean for, you know, a bit more evangelical church that, that, you know, sometimes just wants to stay in its place uh, and, and wants to not rock the boat and not, not question things that much. What would that look like in, in the Canadian Asian context where a lot of the, I guess, at least in my opinion, the, the Im- immigrant uh, church at times needed stuff to hold on to. And part of that was doctrinal values or, or, you know, their theological positions, and they didn't know how to pass that on or at least communicate that or dialogue with their next gen. So yeah, just stuff like that's on my mind. Actually, I'm going to start off by saying it's been kind of wild how many of you have reached out to tell us that you've been listening. So just want to welcome new and old listeners. We're just really grateful you give us your time and energy. Welcome. I don't feel like things have really changed all that much for me, but there are a couple of things that have slid more into focus, if I can say that, just around issues of marginality. So some of the ongoing conversations about racial justice, around cultural representation, around uh, poverty and economic justice issues. I'm really involved right now in figuring out what local politics could look like in Richmond Hill. And if you ever get the chance to take a look at what affordable housing looks like in your area, you should definitely go check out those policies and what the provincial government is even putting in where you live. Those are really important things for us to pay attention to. But at the same time, I'm hearing what she was saying, like greater polarization, greater amount of division. I'm seeing people leave Facebook all the time, which has been really interesting because, you know, there's like ebbs and flows and people leaving and coming back onto Facebook. But mostly I think about the slow and gentle and small nature of the kingdom of God and what it means for us to live sort of gently into that. I mean, certainly there was in me when I was a little bit younger of like, oh yeah, let's go and change the world. But I think we change a little bit, one, a, one bit at a time. And that's what it means to live faithfully in this world. But how do we bring the church back to that? Like, How do we live into small, faithful, mustard seed witness for the kingdom of God? I'm also a little bit concerned about my friends who are burning out. Like I think just watching my friends with kids or watching clergy or even watching people who are readjusting to working in the office again, as opposed to working from home. And then as as you may know, I'm starting to write my exams, which means I've handed in my prospectus. And some of the stuff that I'm actually examining is trauma theory in reading the Bible. And so trauma theories and Trauma representations are something that I've been reading up on in the last little while, which I feel is oddly pertinent or maybe just pertinent in our time. Mm. That's it for me. There's like so much happening all over, but I think like 
you know, when John, you said so much of change since we first started and perhaps like a lot of the issues and a lot of the realities that we, we are kind of wrestling with haven't really changed, but I wonder if like we've changed in the last many years mm. and how like the things that we read, the, the conversations I've had, you know, maybe the, the new realities of our context have changed significantly, which leads us to see things very differently. And I think with like Xenia, I've been wrestling a lot with kind of marginality and impacts the way that I read. And I'm reading ho- hopefully a little bit more wider. And we always have this conversation like, you know, who, who's, who's on your bookshelf, right? Is it all like older, older white, white people? And not that older white people are bad. We love them too. But I think seeing perspectives and, and being challenged by like different voices, different stories. And I think one of the big things that I've been sitting with a lot is like intersectionality and what, what that actually looks like. And, and, and how do we actually engage with it and understand that our story isn't just like this nice cookie cutter narrative, but there's a lot of different things that shape what it is. And as we interact with each other, our intersection forms new intersections and what that looks like. And I think that's the space that church needs to engage a little bit more, especially in this very polarizing time. And yeah, like, you know, you guys have mentioned so many things that it's been in my heart and the polarity and the, you know, last year we've even talked a little bit about that, right? Like just how things that stir our community into polarized spaces. And then what is the role of church and for Christians to be seeing peacekeeping as a part of, you know, our role, like the, the bringers of Shalom, you know, in a way, or the embodiment of Shalom, but not in a aggressive, like, you know, like, like a overpowering kind of type. And I think lately, if I'm honest, through the pandemic and, and even now, like we are today, as, as we're recording this, we are on the eve of violence, like major uh, violence in, in Eastern Europe, like it's going to impact the whole of Europe, really. Just thinking about particulars and people. Senior has talked about like burnt out and stuff. Like I've been thinking a lot about different people and praying for different people and and walking with people through you know different trials and difficulties. You know, I've been thinking a lot about marriages, seeing a lot of marriages struggle heavily in this time, and just even like a lot of people who are experiencing key milestones that have been in the midst of lockdown, you know, like birth of a child, like graduation or like death of a family. Like these are key milestones that shape us, but yet you're unable to celebrate, nor are you able to fully grieve. And how do you, you know, kind of able to walk forward and how can the church be a part of that kind of supportive or walking alongside the tending side of things? So yeah, there's just so many things going on. Definitely a lot that is on our minds that we are wrestling with that will for sure shape this conversation as we continue on this podcast. Yes, and I would encourage all of you guys who are listening to think about what's on your mind. You know, how are you engaging with your communities? And, you know, did any of these questions resonate with you? We'd love to hear that. You can definitely comment on any of our social media pages and such like that. But let us know, do these things resonate with you? How are you finding answers? Or at least, how are you starting to find clarity and focus in in terms of these type of 
questions and conversations. Yeah, or you know, send it to us. We maybe we'll 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 form a conversation around it and bring some people Ooh. in to engage with yes. it. Yes, yes, we should definitely do that because we love having you guys as part of this conversation. We should find out where these listeners are coming from. Maybe we get to get out of our old shell and join TikTok. <laughs> I'm too old for TikTok. I can't do it, man. <laughs> I'll leave that to you three youngins <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Anyways, this was teased a little bit as we were sharing, but we're talking a little bit about some things that we are reading, some things that are shaping our thinking recently. And it'd be great for each of us to maybe share one or two things before we end off our episode today in terms of what we are reading and what we are planning to read in the near future. And I know Bernard and I have some things that we're reading because of our school. I know Xenia is reading tons because of her school. And Shu just reads like everything and reads all the articles. So Xenia also reads for fun. She reads like a hundred books. Yes. Oh my goodness. I think Xenia should post on her blog all the books she read last year that she said, these were not part of my courses. I think she did. I did. Was it on a blog? I thought it was just on your Facebook. No, no. That's all. I posted them. Man, that list puts every one of us to shame. That was, that was next level. So what are you guys reading? Am I only allowed one or two? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> the rest of this podcast for the next hour will be devoted to Xenia sharing the hundreds of titles that she is actually reading currently. Well, they're not hundreds. <laughs> There's just a few. That's all. Sure. Thousands. No. Thousands. <laughs> no. The millions and billions. So I'm reading The Dawn of Everything, which is this giant book here. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode once Burns got going on it. I'll lend it to you, Burn. <laughs> I'll read and the Cole's notes. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm reading Voices from the Ruins, which is a Hebrew Bible theology of theodicy. And then I'm also reading Charles Halton and his theology of an embodied God. But then I've also really jumped in to Asian American lit. So I've been reading Kathy Park Hong's Minor Feelings. I just finished it. And then I read Min Jin Lee's Pachinko and Free Food for Millionaires. And I read Viet Nguyen's The Sympathizer. And those were brilliant. I'm also working on some stuff around like Black American women's intellectual thought and history and tradition. And so I've been reading a lot of Alice Walker and Toni Morrison, and then just diving into this woman by the name of Maria Stewart, as well as another woman by the name of Eliza Suggs. See, that wasn't too much. That's not a lot just for this past week. Obviously, you know, (laughs) that's, that's so many things. That's more books than some people read in a whole year. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's more books than most people read in a whole year. I remember like having your prop on and then she was just like name dropping like all these things. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you know, biblical woman interpreters here to left, right and center. I feel like Xenia just did that. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm just reading like, you know, biblical Hebrew literature here. And then, you know, Asian, Asian, Asian lit. Okay. To be fair, this all has to do with my dissertation. So, you know, this is work for me. Yes. Sure. No, I think we're, <laughs> we're not like teasing in a way, but I think we're, we are also like amazed at, 
how much information you can capture and yes. how quickly you're able to process it. I would not be surprised at all, Xenia, if one day you were just like, oh, you know, over breakfast today, I started and finished this like 700-page book. I would not be surprised no, no, at no. all. I can't finish 700 pages that quickly. At least three or four hours. <laughs> These are goals. Hashtag goals. And, and guys, you're going to have to do that too, you know? Like for your for the books you're reading, you're gonna not in three to four hours. I guarantee you, there'll be times where you will. But then I think for Xenia, at least there's some photographic memory stuff going on there. Yes. She can like process it. You know, it's like for the rest of us, we're like, I gotta get this done. Gotta get this done. I just see letters on a page and lines. <laughs> where are the pictures? The it a yes. yes. I read most of the book, you know. I'll just go next because obviously my list pales in comparison. So I've been reading for class as well. Stuart Murray's post Christina book, very interesting. At first I was like, I don't think anyone in the Asian church talks about this. And then as the more I read about it, I was like, I think a lot of Christendom describes the Asian church. <laughs> so, you know, it's very interesting. And I was like, wow, I you know, this is a very important book to read. And then, you know, having just read Michael Goheen's book on Leslie Newbegin's missionary ecclesiology, which was very fascinating, starting on Mark Bronson's book on church culture and leadership. So those are really what I'm reading for class. And that's actually been really kind of pushing me. I think one of the next books I will be reading, and of course, definitely a shout out, is I will probably be reading Kinship. In the Household of God by Cynthia Tam, you know, one of our favorite people, also Bernard's mom. And so, you know, that's on my list to read maybe when I finish by school reading. So that might not be until probably like June or <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how close I am to getting close to the start of class day. But that's it. And that's taken me so far two months. So that's the contrast between me and Xenia. <laughs> Uh, I too am reading the books that John's reading because we're in the same cohort. <laughs> um, actually, the, the, the post-Christian book by Stuart Murray, like, I actually got really angry as I was reading it because I, it just really thinks, makes me think about how lacking in our historical understanding of our framework of faith. And it just kind of pisses me off that like, you know, we have segregated like other Christian communities like the Eastern Church and just kind of blanketly call everybody heretic without even actually understanding what they have taught and, and shaped. I, I was really challenged by that book. I feel like certain things in the book is almost like there's blinders. It's people don't know the, the water they're swimming in as a, a term that we've kind of talked about. And they don't know where it came from. It's elevated certain people too, right? Like it's like Augustine is like this father of faith. He's like perfect, but it's like, he's, he's not, you know, like there's all this crap that, you know, has shaped the Christian psyche all these years. So I've also been kind of doing some other side reading. A couple of books that like really comes to mind is uh, Christina Cleveland's Disunity in Christ. That was very challenging. Just seeing how everything becomes a point of division uh, within our church, um, that kind of breaks my heart. It's kind of going through this kind of like a semi-autobiography of, of James Cone, the set I wasn't going to tell nobody. Uh, and I was like, wow, like I really need to read some James Baldwin. Like, I don't know anything about this guy, but he's like referenced everywhere. And so I'm like 
kind of getting into uh, you know some 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 other books that I have never dabbled in. Uh, and another book that uh, kind of challenged me was Caitlin B. Curtis's uh, Native Identity Belonging. Like that one was, you know, again, kind of going to the places of margin and, and kind of the, the missing narrative and story that's there. And uh, I really appreciated her generous ways of approaching um, kind of the, the need to engage the, the First Nation story. Recently, I just finished an audiobook that was kind of looking back at uh you know, the American education system by Malcolm Gladwell, the myth of meritocracy. I think it was more like his podcast than it was actually his book, but it was said as an audio book. But I, I was so fascinated by like how the systems and the structures that are set in place shape the way that the educational system was actually really for a particular class of people. I mean, like we kind of know it, but once you go deeper into it, you're like, wow, like it's just totally set up where there's no way out. That's what I've been reading lately. For me, I am not reading as nerdy books as, as you guys are. This is <laughs> like, I, I feel like, I think my nerdy days are done. I, th I feel like after my, my studies, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm exhausted. Like my brain needs a break. I think I was sharing with, with some of the guys that I'm, I haven't been reading as much. I feel like a lot of this past while has been more of like listening, listening to God, listening to where people are at. And I guess that's also why some books have been interesting for me, where I've been, uh, there's this book by A.J. Sherrill, Being with God, The Absurdity, Nece Necessity, Neurology of Contemplative Prayer. And I, I've been thinking a lot more about, like, being because some of the people I follow, actually, I think one of the, I don't know if he's going to teach in, in your courses, guys, but uh, uh, Jeff Holsclaw, like, he talks a lot about uh, brain science, like, neuro the neurology side and the connection of of that brain science with what's going on in the contemplative life in a person, in a, in a Christ follower. And I'm thinking of, thinking of that and thinking of how important that is from both that scientific side, how that helps in a person's life, but at the same time, our connection with God. And I'm, I'm going to go plan to go through the summer with uh, my people through the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. And for sure, 100 billion percent in our Canadian Asian context, I am, I can say this without a doubt that our churches are emotionally stunted. Like so many people, myself included, probably just, we don't know how to talk to each other. There, there's not been a lot of people who have been able to navigate that. It's almost like, yeah, just go make it happen. And hopefully God's grace works somehow and just slog through it. But I'm at, I'm appreciative at least for some of the tools that, you know, new life church uh, with uh, Rich Valitas and, um, Peace Cazero, those guys are, are trying to think through it. I don't think everything, of course, is, you know, it's not like let's take their model and, and then just do our stuff. But it's like, is there ways we can better uh, talk with each other, be more aware of other people are coming from so we can journey with them better and communicate better for the sake of following Christ together? So it's just stuff like that has been on my mind that I'm trying to walk with our people through that in my community. And I, I need to go through Cynthia's book as well. That uh, <laughs> we we should probably review this as well. We should be we should have her on, and then we could get the podcast uh, summary from her. <laughs> and because this is audio podcast, and people can't read what we type in the chat, but Xenia just said that she finished that book also. So you can add that also to Xenia's hundred acre list. <laughs> so you know that's amazing, but. I have to say one thing before we kind of close off today. Shu, one of the things that I've been really appreciating, and you share this on your Facebook, is 
that you are reading with others. You're reading with those in your church. You're dialoguing, you're wrestling through it. And that's amazing. And you got, you've already gone through a couple books already. You went through Dan Kim, one of Dan Kimball's books. You went through Rich Velotis's book. And that's amazing that you guys can learn and grow in that way together, reading together. So that's really awesome. Who would have thought at a church you would read together? <laughs> Just kidding. Like, Boom! I, I'll tell you though, like, I don't know about you guys in your context. I would say almost like the majority of my people do not own a bookshelf or, or if they have a bookshelf, it's to display things, not to read. You know, they're, they're not reading necessarily. Like, so we are even in a shifting culture that way too, that maybe it's audiobooks, maybe it's Kindles, I don't know, but a lot of them do not, you know, have books, a lot of books. All right. Wanted to echo what Xenia said earlier on. Thank you once again for giving us a bit of your time, coming with us on this journey. And hopefully, as, as you do, you know, this will be continuing to be something that is a way that we can spur one another on. And with that, we're signing off from our season five opener. What did you guys think of the questions we had on our hearts and on our minds and the things that we're wrestling with? What are you hoping to be more engaged in as we enter into this new year? If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. Remember to share it with others. That helps us to get this conversation out there, invite more people into it. We also want to hear your feedback as well. And you can reach us by Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or by email at contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know about the questions you're thinking about and what you're wrestling with. As always, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.